You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania with Damien Reed. Yes, Motormania with you through until midday. Damien Reed back in the studio after a few weeks break. So I'd like to, well, normally I'd be saying welcome back, but it doesn't feel right. So, uh, But I do have Noel Ebden and Nip Changiato in the studio. Guys, good to see you again. It's good to be back and see the big D, so to speak. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, it's uh, it's it's been uh, it's been an interesting uh, time away uh, for for us. A lot of stuff going on motorsport back here. Noel, you were down at the uh, at the Dubai Autodrome uh, this week, and uh, Continental Racing secured the GT4 class win. Fantastic stuff! First exactly. time a Toyota Supra. Yeah, exactly. It was great. I mean, uh, great atmosphere down there. It was pretty packed the start and the finish as always. Uh, went down in the night as well. Uh, went down about one o'clock in the morning, which is my, I think my <laughs> thing to do. Snuck out and uh, yeah, went down there uh, watching the cars down the back straight. My God. Yeah. I mean, they, when they when they break for that, uh, you know, the glowing breaks as they go through the corners. I'd recommend it to anybody go, go down there and have a look. And uh, the Ultradrome gets better every single time I go down there. The work they, they've done there, the, yep. the the amenities and everything else. We were yep. there for the historic weekend. Yep. Uh, up on the hill, fantastic stuff. Then mm-hmm. um, BMW had the corporate area down at Turn One. From what I saw, I watched it all online, or I watched as much as I could online. Um, some familiar commentator voices coming over all the way down to Australia. So Phil Anson, who <laughs> joins me on, on Formula One and NBC, and also uh, Chris Milbourne, who's been in the studio here uh, in the last couple of years, yeah. uh, was was commentating as well. So, um, yeah, and it was good to see the local action happening. It was, yeah. I mean, I bumped into Chris, actually, in the uh, in the pit lane. We were, I walked past him and he said, I'm on, I'm on later, and he had the graveyard, uh, graveyard shift, I think, as well. So he yes. was a uh, poor guy. He had to do the So if night. one o'clock's not the graveyard shift, what is? Uh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, imagine. What's the worst time to do? Three? Three in the morning? Yeah. That's got to be yeah, when that's everyone, everyone wants to sleep. Yeah. Yeah, three, yeah. Four, that, that's yeah. usually when the rain comes and uh, and it's after the fireworks. So that's but the good thing is that's after the, the local neighbours have finished complaining about yeah, the noise. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just sure didn't as, see much sure as eggs year. is going to happen. Yeah. The people living in Motor City didn't <laughs> yes. complain this year. Yeah, yeah. There, were, there were comments on the YouTube oh, stream, oh, for sure, what a, uh, what wondering what was going on, even though it's been happening now for nearly 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but... Yeah, but back to uh, the, the the continental team. Yep, GT4 win. Yep. Now they take now third place in the uh, in the Middle East Trophy. Yep. in the GT4 class standings mm. for the Toyota Supra, which is virtually a near standard car because it's GT4. But have you right? seen it? Oh, it looks so good. It's mm. such a cool looking car. I mean, that's a that's a serious looking race car. I, it, I'm not a big fan of the Supra, to be fair, mm. uh, of the design of it. But as a race car, it looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, amazing so, stuff. Speaking of Emirati Motorsport too, we mentioned uh, just before the before the uh, that we went into the song break, the Akabasi girls have both been signed up to uh, to compete in still with MP Motorsport, whom they raced with last year, but they're running in the F1 Academy. But the F1 Academy now is assigning, or they're, they're partnering with Formula One teams, and they've picked the top. They've picked Hamda is uh, will be a Red Bull Racing driver, and Hamda is. Um, I hate using this name, but they've called themselves it's Visa Visa Cash App RB, formerly known as AlphaTauri. I'm glad you said that, not me. I, I can't get that word. I, I'm, that's, that, they're going to be AlphaTauri for, for me for the rest of the season until I can get. I'm my still head working out it. how we're going to call it on TV because um, without giving product plug, plugs, but that's the actual registered name of the What's team. What's the acronym of Is that? Visa Cash App? It's, uh, there the you go. Name? They've got another plug. <laughs> VCA Racing. There you go. VCA RB. Yeah, formerly VC, Alpha. VCA. Can we use it like? X, formerly Twitter. Yeah, we exactly. We just call it the 
the Cash App RB, formerly AlphaTauri. <laughs> <laughs> or Team Cash. Yeah, go. but yeah. they'll be racing at um, – it's in conjunction with, with Formula 1 at several rounds, as you said before, um, but starting in Saudi Arabia and they finish in Qatar and Abu Dhabi, visiting Miami, Spain, the Netherlands as well, Singapore. That's um, great news, isn't it? Get get the girls out there as well. You know, that's um, that's really pushing things forward as well. Yeah, yeah and another uh, young girl who's getting an enormous amount of publicity and promotion because she's the first Filipino to be racing in open wheel racing as well. Bianca Bustamati. She's raced here in the UAE F4 Championship. And she's been signed to McLaren as well. So um, uh, getting getting. The, uh, the 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 fan base in the Philippines now mm. is enormous for this young imagine, girl, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yes, um, so so it's well, uh, and of course here when she raced here got got a fair mm. bit of um, fan base as well. Well, that's what I've always said about motorsport, isn't it? It's actually quite good for it's it's good for people like Albon, right? He's from Thailand, right? Mm. And but he's actually he's half Thai, half British, but he yeah. he's gone with the Thai flag because. You know, he's the, then he's the only Thai driver. There's a million British drivers, right? Yeah. So if you're from the Philippines and you're up and coming, you're gonna you're gonna get that whole fan base immediately. You've got the entire country behind you. You know, can't go wrong with yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, moving on to things back into uh, into the automotive industry. Well, Naz, um, the BMW X2 first. You were you were down there for the launch of that again at the Dubai 24 Hour Weekend. Uh, Tell me about the X2. Yeah, and first of all, what a great venue. Hats off to AGMC and BMW for, for doing this. So there's a patch of grass as you come off that back street. So you get full panoramic views of turn two, turn three, turn four. And perched upon the corner there was the X2. And uh, the unveiling was there the morning just before the start, uh, start of the race. And this is the first time it's been shown outside. <coughs> excuse me. First time it's been showed outside of the uh, of Germany. Uh, BMW Owners Club oh, was okay. there as well, so they turned up in mass, and that was really nice to see. The Z3s, the E30s, the E36s. When they rocked up, it was time for BMW, you know. <laughs> it was like Nas, Nas Heaven. Yeah. It was really nice to see, and uh, the, the X2 itself, you know, in, in a very competitive uh, landscape, I think is going to do very well. It's a it's a compact SUV, so that's what it is, and this is the second generation X2 that's been released. With the sloping back, so it's, it's almost mm. like a coupe. Um, the, like the old X6, I guess. Yeah? Like so, the old yeah. X6. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, mm. The one that was shown was the BMW M35i. So we'll go through that. It's the full petrol model. So they're not going to do a plug-in hybrid for this version. BMW okay. said globally. So it's either full electric, which we'll see if they bring here, or the full petrol power. So this full petrol power has got 300 brake horsepower, 400 newton meters of torque, 0 to 65.4 seconds. So really fantastic car. Mm. Um, quad exhaust. Now, I think they actually got the front kidney gills right for once. Okay, um, that's that's positive. Oh, yep. Very positive. We'll, we'll, we'll try and get we'll try and get some <laughs> pictures up on the socials. But like they've really got it right. Nice aggressive lines, uh, swooping back. Like I think the, the shape is is really really good in terms of the interior. Very similar to the new i series. So it's got the nice big screen that that wraps around. You've got that veganza. You know we call it the vegan interior, but the interior mm. which is non animal skin. Uh, you've got the backlit M logos on the seats as well. So. Uh, really, really nice car, and I think it'll do well here. Yeah, and on sale when is it out there now, or is it not uh, yet? No, because this was just the unveiling. I think it's a couple of months before AGMC, but you can go down there and get your bookings in. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Reviewing a couple of cars there, Naz, and uh, the other one you had was the Jatua JT. Sorry, the Jatua T2 review. Is that, how can, was sorry, that? Can I jump in? Is that how you say it? Jatua. Jatua. Or is it J- Jatua? Uh, 
I can't help saying without just, like a half uh, French accent. Why well, are you saying it in a French accent? <laughs> I don't I'm more know. pepper in the pew, but yes. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, sorry, we're sorry, Ness. No, yeah, apologies. So, Tell us so, about the Jetour. I, I may be able to answer this. Speaking to the uh, guys at the Elite Cars, who are the distributor for this, they pronounce it Jetour. Ah, okay. Yep. So same as you, but without the French. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stop being French. <laughs> I'm trying to put a few dollars under it, but it's its value. The Jetour. Um, but like, honestly, like. For me, this is probably, I mean, we're, we're quite new into the year, but this is for me so far the car of the year, um, yeah. although we're still, wow. in, we're still in Feb. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, Jatour, their parent company, you know, they sold 1.8 million cars last year. So these guys like really do have a track record for building cars. You know, Jatour came in the market a few years ago through the elite cars and brought in some pretty, I'd say, good but average models. Uh, it stood out with the dashing, which we say looked like the Lamborghini Urus up front, and that did really well. But this T2 is taking it to another level. So if you think of any instant classic hit car for this region, it's been the big boxy shapes, right? Yeah. So you've got yeah. anything from the G-Wagon to the Jimny to the Bronco to the mm. Defender. And this slips right into that territory. So what is what is the T2? It's a very rugged, aggressive-looking SUV, uh, five-door SUV, relatively small engine, two-liter turbo, but the looks just really, really stand out, and they've done very well with the, you know, the black bumpers, the black grills, mm. uh, the highlighted, the, the way they do the colors, like two tone outside, really, really nice. We took it for a drive. The launch was at the Terra Solis, uh, further out there, and we went for a little off-road drive, mm. and it performed really, really well. It's got 187 kilowatt power, up to 400 new meters of torque. So even though it's a four-cylinder engine. It does pack a punch, and mm. it was able to get over a couple of those little hill climbs. It's got all the little off-road settings and sand mud rut settings as well. It's got a huge 15.6-inch screen, touchscreen, uh, which does literally everything. So this is on par with like the high-end German stuff, right? In terms of what it can do, you can even talk to the car, like say, open the sunroof, and it opens the sunroof for you. Um, wow, seven, that's cool. Seven-gear yeah. DCT gearbox, 20-inch uh, wheels. Uh, full leather interior so you're getting a lot of car but this is where it gets interesting how much would you say something like that should be worth what's it competing with it's directly with yeah. the bronco i guess let's put in the low six figures let's say one 115 120 119 is a starting price Ooh. and for me Ooh, that's not bad. but that's yeah. fantastic value yeah, yeah. for what you're getting and i honestly think it's going to be a hit i think they're getting some preliminary preliminary numbers from the elite cars and uh, these things are sold out already and I, I honestly yeah. think it's going to be one of those cars that may actually sell in a premium wow. and they come in some really nice colours as well uh, nice greys nice modern colours I think Jatour honestly hats off to them have really pulled something out of the hat on this one yeah that's amazing the, that, that's got to be the first Chinese built car surely that is actually an off-roader because they've made uh, a lot of cars that look and like they go off-road for this market what, as well yeah. what about the, the tank that's yeah serious. I was going to say the tank the GWM tank. Mm. Uh, did that was that good off road? I mean, the same basically, yet, but, but yeah, the yeah, same yeah. sort of car. Oh, okay, yeah. all right, yeah. okay, all right, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. But that's interesting. Yeah. And just to back it up, in case people are thinking, oh, okay, you know, new brand, Chinese brand, how to differentiate from? Remember, we said 180 different brands. Mm. Uh, they are backed by a very solid name in the market, the Elite Cars, who have been here for for a good number of years. And the warranty options, check this out, guys, up to a million kilometer warranty. Mm. What? A million. Up to a million kilometer warranty and service packages are available. Is it a wow. 10,000 year warranty? 
<laughs> million. I mean, how, how, like you, you, yeah. you buy this car, you just don't buy a car again. I don't get it. Yeah, you run it into the ground. Yeah, yeah you, you buy just, it till yeah. it dies. Yeah, you buy it till it dies. I mean, no one's done that before. I remember when, you know, it was traditionally two years, yeah. three years, yeah. and then the Koreans got aggressive with the whole seven-year thing when they tried to prove a point, and then Jator and the elite cars just yeah. said, "Yeah, we'll give you a million. Beat that." <laughs> Amazing wow. stuff. Well, let's go from that end to right over to the other end because, Imp uh you've been out there looking at some very exclusive, very high-powered electric supercars. It is not a two-liter turbo, but it is <laughs> the Rimats Navera. It's not Rimac, people. It's Rimats. Even I have trouble saying I it. got that wrong. I've Everybody been calling gets it, it wrong. Rimac, for, but I'm, 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 I'm incorrect. It is eponymously named after the founder, Mate Rimats. Not Mate Mate. He's Croatian. Uh, one of the youngest CEOs in the world, 35 years old. Started his garage in Croatia. When you talk to him, he has this, this boyish enthusiasm. He seems like a teenager who's been very successful, and he's very successful. Inspired by Nick Nikola Tesla, the mm. guy you might have seen in the Christopher Nolan movie, but he actually was a real person who invented a lot of the stuff that we take for granted <laughs> every day, and joins a number of other great Croatian inventors. But you could say that him and people like him, Elon Musk, etc., have had a huge seismic impact on mm. the automotive industry because they've convinced everybody to go electric that it's possible. Now, Elon did it by making cars that were more or less you know, usable everyday cars that had supercar performance. Mate did things a little bit differently. He did a car that is so unbelievably, mind-bendingly quick that it just rewrites the the history books. So the Navera, which is just launched here, and it says $2.5 million, a few things about it. We're talking about a car that has four motors, right? Does almost 2,000 horsepower, does 0 to 60 or 0 to 100 over here in less than two seconds, 1.74. It's broken 28 world records. And get this, for a party piece, it can do 275 or 274, to be precise, kilometers per hour. Wait for it. In reverse. Okay. <laughs> what? In That's... reverse. So, <laughs> you know, with this kind of car, I mean, obviously it's not going to be more than 100 ever made. So it's going to be it's a very, very limited car. And for a lot of people who have Bugattis out here, which, by the way, Bugatti is now owned by Rimac. Yes, yes. Incredible he, he achievement. Bought, he bought the company. Yes. He bought the fast because he, he supplies does he all the EV componentry to the Volkswagen Group. So the hybrid Lamborghini, I believe, is is all rematch. Is that right? Uh, well, a little bit of everybody. You know the Aston mm. Martin Valkyrie bits yeah. from him. So yeah. he just he just bought a Valkyrie as well. I hope you got a discount. So you had um, a chat with him as well. I did have a chat. I asked him. He's a very young CEO compared to other car bosses who are essentially dinosaurs, all in their fifties. <laughs> I asked him if that gave him a competitive <laughs> advantage. So here's what he said. I would say so because. If I had spent an internship of like two months at one of the large car companies, I would have never ventured into this because, well, I knew that building a car is difficult, but, you know, I was too naive and too blue-eyed to actually understand the full scope of developing of such a product. A car is one of the, if not the most complex products in the world. I mean, airplanes are, are super complicated as well, or power plants, but with the airplane, you, the person using it is not the person buying it. And it's a purely commercial decision, while a car is also an emotional decision, and it has to work with thousands of different kinds of characters and use cases of untrained people. You have to develop how it feels like when you touch a button, how it feels when you close the door, how it sounds like, how it smells like, like all of these things are very specific for a car. Like, But with that also comes the complexity. When I did my first business plan for my first investors, the number I told them I need in terms of money to, to develop the car is ridiculous. Big car companies would, have, would spend more than that to develop a door handle. 
So, so I guess that's like an advantage really that I started completely from ground up with everything, building a company, leading a company, which also means you learn a lot on your own mistakes, which is the worst and most expensive way to learn. But it worked. Just going back to those customers and what they're looking for, you're talking about customers, especially in the Middle East, who understand the concept of luxury and that tactile effort. When you touch a car, we touch every touch point, when you seat the seating position, when how the car makes you feel. But what are these customers in this market, what are they looking for in the Middle East? And how can you meet those needs? These kind of customers have multiple vehicles, not just vehicles, they not just cars. They have planes, they have boats, they have multiple houses and so on. Of course, you know, this is not going to replace all of their sports cars, but it's an addition to the collection. When you look at other combustion cars and how similar they are, Let's say, you know, you have Ferrari and you have a Lamborghini. Both have a V8 engine in the rear that drives the rear wheels and so on. So how different are they really? While with the Nevera, it's completely different. It's like four electric motors, 2,000 horsepower. It's a completely different sensation and it's completely different what you can do. Amazing stuff in the chain. I mean, it's a long way from the tour dashing, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And when you see it, it looks like the Batmobile. It absolutely looks like a Batmobile. It is just, if Batman made a car, this is what, it wouldn't have a V8 rumble. It would just have a high-pitched whine of four electric motors. So where, where do we go to, to from here? I mean, how can you improve on that? I'm not sure you can. If you look at that car, it's, uh, the limits of physics are what it's at. And the limits of the human body, because I think, you know, what can we do? The EV market, on the other hand, in general, also another thing to contend with, is seen a bit of a dip. If you have seen the last few years, car makers starting to limit production, start to make choices, etc. Yeah. I asked Mate, what is his prognosis for the next 12 months? There was a movie in the early 2000s called Who Killed the Electric Car? So that was basically a documentary about the General Motors EV1, which was the first modern, let's say, electric car. Basically, the electric motor killed the electric car when the starter motor was invented and it was easier to start combustion cars. You didn't have to crank them by hand anymore. In the 90s, uh, so GM came out with the EV1. Customers loved it, but GM didn't sell them. They just leased it. And at some point, they, used, they decided to take them all back. The customers didn't want to give them back. And then they crushed the cars. And there was a big conspiracy, like, you know, big oil and big car companies, they don't want us to have electric cars. Over the last years, it was it became a hot topic. Tesla came, biggest valuation in the car in industry ever. Then governments chipped in, emissions became a hot topic, and it seemed to people like it becomes forced. I think electric cars are the solution. They are better in so many ways. I still think there's space for combustion engines, for emotional cars and so on, but that's a tiny percentage of cars. I think what's wrong is to force it. I think let the market decide, you know, let, let it be the better product. Combustion engines are 25, 30% efficient. Electric motors are 90% efficient. Very simple. Well, one of the things that people talk about is that idea of range and being able to fill up and so on. You, of course, have that sorted because you have 300 miles range even on your electric hypercar. I think there's a word even beyond that to describe the Nevera. Do you think the conversation will move away from range and towards efficiency of electric motors, the charging times? Do you think that is the next benchmark? Yeah, it, uh, range anxiety is a thing. So people, of course, are nervous about it because it's a new thing. But once you learn how to live with the car, you, you understand it's not such an issue. The, the ranges are really going up exactly because of this irrational demand from the market because people want the long range, like a combustion car, which is not really necessary. But then it becomes a question of economics. You pay a lot of money for a battery you don't really need. So if you want to pay for it, okay, fine. You get a very high range, but you know, then you realize, okay, now I have a car that I have plenty of range that I don't need, which means I paid for a bigger battery, which means 
I wasted lots of money. And efficiency in the end because I'm hauling around hundreds of kilos of battery that I don't really need. I think the bigger question is ownership. Electrification for me is a thing of the past. Because when you have an electric car, nothing really changes much. You still own the car. You still use it only for a few percent of the time. It sits around for 95% of the time doing nothing. But I think automated driving and not owning the car but using it on demand, that, that's really the big change for the industry, for the users, for everybody. Yeah, so we're going to talk about more about this straight after the break, but uh, Matt Rematch brings up some very interesting thing about car ownership and, uh, and, and, and the future of all of that stuff. So uh, we're going to talk more about Matt Rematch and the Navarro straight after this, but we're also going to be talking about car subscription company Swap. It's the Kareem Super app that's uh, coming our way, and we've got Uzair Musa in the studio uh, after this break, but we're going to continue with a little chat more about Rematch straight after this. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is Motormania on Dubai Eye 103.8. Damien Reed, I'm back in the studio after a bit of a break, but good to be uh, back with the crew again, Noel Ebden and uh, Inshanciato in the studio. Uh, and uh, just just before we went uh, to the break there, Inshan, your piece with uh, Matt, Matt, mate, Mate. Mate Rimats. <laughs> I'll get there that right. There you go. Uh, about um, yes, you are going to get that right. I will get it right. Yeah, you I will, will get, get it right eventually. eventually. Yes. Um, so tell me about um, uh, tell me a little bit more about how that all went. I think it went really well. I think he was a very interesting character, and that idea that at the end he just uh, slips that in there. That yeah. you know, do we even need cars anymore? Oh, that's a bombshell, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine not owning a car? The, not uh, in the my idea lifetime. of well, I've got I've got a friend who only owns, he only owns a motorbike. Yeah. And he doesn't. If he needs a car, he just jumps in cab. Or, I mean, I put or, my hand up. I don't own a car here in Dubai. Yeah, that's true. You so how long have you not owned a car? Nearly si- ten years is, now. Since his old car scared him to death so much. Is that true? No, no. Well, I had one after that. Oh, I did a, you? I had oh, a sensible right, okay. car, an Audi A4 that I had for about three years, and I sold that. But ten years this year, I've not had a car. That's impressive. I know. You're a poster child for not owning a car. <laughs> I have I have road test cars, and I have cars the industry loans me for for reviews and that sort of thing. You're also presenting the wrong show. And. <laughs> No, because it's I'm getting in and out. Cool. <laughs> Am I confessing something here? I don't know. Um, but, but yeah, because, well, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I just work different hours to other people. I don't need to have – and I live right, near so where I work. tell us about why car ownership is awesome because, frankly, yeah. we're working with the wrong guy all Because my years. empty bank account is such a good example. He has of right, right, okay, okay. I'll give you the caveat. I do, I do spend my car budget on my collectible car at home. True. Back in Australia. And so that, you do own a car. I, I do own a car, yes. Um, but it's, it's, it comes out occasionally. That's There we go. What a clickbaity sentence. I don't own a car. It's <laughs> <laughs> complete clickbait, viewers, yeah. listeners. <laughs> I know, but I mean, get back back to 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 Mater, um, the idea of car ownership. He he brought up a very interesting thing that that will will uh, will bring you in Uzera in a moment about the concept of car ownership from from Rimatz's idea. I the mean, idea is efficiency, right? The idea yeah. is that everything. What he said about a car is not efficient. I'm just, but that is its emotive appeal. That it starts up in the morning, it makes funny noises, it sometimes demands more of us bank account wise than we'd like. But that's why we buy them. It's like how a mechanical watch is not as efficient as an um, a squats watch. Right? Now, he, see, see, Matt and I are on the same wavelength here because he also owns an Aston Martin Valkyrie. Right. They're funny, that, that isn't it? That, that has an engine as far I as I know. I don't have an Aston Martin Valkyrie. I was going to say, no, you don't. You don't have one of those. But we're, we're <laughs> Are you also 35? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, he's, 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 the, he's, he's the poster boy of all this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but amazing because, it, you know, it, the, the idea of autonomous vehicles slowly creeping into our daily lives. 
yeah. with, with mm. slowly, kind of subtly. Thing. It's like how all these apps have slowly come into our world and taken over the things like you know your laundries or your house cleaning or stuff like that, and every, and ordering a taxi. Nobody stands on the street and waves their hand around anymore. I haven't yeah. seen that in years. True. Yeah. 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 Well, interesting stat that came out it said fifty five percent of millennials uh, made an effort to drive less which is a 10% rise up from 2010. This is according to the American car sharing app, Zipcar's second annual study in car ownership. And they so surveyed 18 to 34-year-olds in that one. Um, now, here in the UAE, while car sharing isn't really a thing, there are many platforms where you can rent a car. And uh, some of them are now in apps. So this is Uzair, where you come into it. We've got Uzair Musa, the COO of car subscription company Swap, um, which is described as the Kareem Super app. Um well, firstly, who's there? Welcome. Thanks very much Thank for joining you. us. Thank you. Good morning to everyone. So tell me, is this right? Can I order a car on Kareem? Yes, we are the exclusive rental partners um, for Kareem, right? So if you want to rent a car from us or subscribe to a car, as you call it, mm. um, you can just open your Kareem app, go on car rentals, click a button. Your car will be delivered to your place, wherever you are, doesn't matter, within two hours or so. Wow! Amazing. So, so how does how does swap work? How does how does the, the the process go about this? Where do you get access to this volume of cars, and how can you supply them within that time frame? Right. So basically, we're an aggregator, right? So what we do is we aggregate the supply from different uh, suppliers in the market, and then we've just digitized everything, right? So essentially, um, we've got a wide variety of cars, from a Lamborghini to Ferrari to uh, the more budget ones, Nissan, Sunny and all, right? And all of this happens through a click of a button. Experience is completely digital. You don't have to talk to anyone. We come in and drop the car wherever you are. We come in and collect the car whenever you want it. So it's sort of like a subscription, which is an auto renewal. And so at any point in time, you want to cancel your subscription, you just cancel your subscription, you let us know, we come in, pick up your car, and you're done. And, and this is charged by time or distance, or how, how, does, how, yeah, how do yeah. you pay, basically? Yeah. What's the cost? Yeah, yeah, so this is a really good one, right? It's just a monthly charge, right? So you pay for your monthly rental, mm. and then everything is included, right? In terms of your insurance, in terms of your maintenance. Mm. Um, if, if anything goes wrong with the car, we come in and replace the car. God forbid you get, get into an accident, mm. don't worry. Uh, we'll just come in and replace the car. So essentially, we're sort of solving for all of these hassles, right? And so if I take a step back and sort of share what's happening in, in Dubai, right? Like mm -hmm. um, with the golden visa and all, we're sort of seeing an inf in influx of white-collar workers coming in, right? And when you come in and move into a new country, um, you want to sort of save on budget, right? You don't, the car is not the first thing that you are looking to buy, right? Invest, investment in that, that's one. And second thing is that as a new person in the country, you've got limited financing options, right? So banks and all would not lend to you. So then this is the perfect use case, right? Like uh, you're coming in a country, you don't know much about the country, you don't want to commit to these things, you just want like hassle-free life. Mm -hmm. And so like, uh, this is what we're seeing in the app, right? Like from last year to this year, we saw a 3x growth in terms of the numbers, right? And what we saw was that a lot of these new play, uh, new people who are coming in um, find it really easy and really hassle-free to come in. Uh, by the way, the most popular cars that we have is uh, uh, the, the budget cars, so Nissan, Sunny, uh, the Kia, Pegas, and all that. But what we're also seeing is like, for example, like one of the things that we see is that um, the mood of the car changes through seasons, right? So right mm. now, it's amazing, nice weather. Mm. And so guess what? We're seeing a huge demand in convertibles, right? Mm. So yeah, people are sort sense. of like, um, and, and so like this is what we're re realizing. Like, like the, so our mission is basically enabling seamless mobility to evolving needs of people. And so if you look at a person, right, their needs of the car evolve with different seasons, right? So for example, during the winter, you want to drive a nice convertible, right? Um, but then basically summer comes in, your family goes away and you're like, you know what? I don't want to spend much on the car. I'll just go for a budget car. Hmm. Two months later, 
People are visiting it's Dubai. Like, it's like a transformer car, isn't it? Yes. You, you, yeah. you, you got a sports car and a convertible so, for the summer, for the winter, and then turn it into a Yaris for yeah. the winter. Yeah. So I, I uh, guess summer, the, rather, the, yeah. the big question people will be asking is, how does that differ from from a rental car company in terms of short term or even long term car rental? What, what's the difference to to using this? app as opposed to ringing up uh, one of the big names and saying, I want to yeah. rent a car? Yeah, so that's a very good question. Like, there are two things that we differentiate, right? Number one, since we're an aggregator, the amount of access to supply that we have is more than anyone else, right? Like, it's very hard for one uh, rental company to house all of the variety of different cars. So that's one advantage that we provide. Um, number two is, essentially, what we do is, like, these rental companies are more geared towards daily rental and all, right? Mm. And so we are sort of breaking that and sort of getting people to commit to one month, three months, six month, nine month. And the longer term people um, sort of commit to, the better price they get. So they're not geared to it yet, right? And so on top of it, we add the digital layer in terms of the experience, right? Like, and so, you know, like uh, essentially what we what we look at is that all of these rental companies are our partners, right? Mm. So we are driving business to them and we are actually removing all of the operational hassle for them, right? So this is the part that they don't want to do, right? Which is basically, um, you know, like uh, customers are complaining, this car is not good, you know what, replace it. Um, you know what, um, um, I, I'm, I'm having issues with this car. Can you deliver this car to me here, there, right? Like, so that aspect of it, we are solving for them. We're like, look, don't worry about the operational hassle. What you're really good at is like purchasing cars at a good rate and sort of like uh, uh, managing the, the, the yard and all and everything else in terms of operational hassle, in terms of uh, delivery, in terms of managing the customer expectations in terms of like having a call center uh, which which allows people to reach out to us anytime all of that thing we sort of has a, we, we sort of uh, solve for them mm. so 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 when you say you're an, you're an aggregator obviously you go to car rental firms and they've got yards full of white prados and white camrys and this so so when you say you're an aggregator can someone ring ring up or get in touch on, online and say i want a yellow Mercedes convertible V8 and you'll, you'll source it for them or is that how it works or? Yes, they can, right? And there are customers who actually do that, right? And so we've had cases whereby we've delivered a white uh, convertible and they're like, no, I don't want a white, I want a black one, right? And so we try to fulfill that need as much as possible. Um, for, for, for people who are committing for longer term, generally we do try and fulfill that request, right? And if not, we provide a suitable alternative which makes them happy. But yes, customers have the choice of picky and the, the good thing is that you can change your color every month, right? Today I'm going to drive yellow Tomorrow I'm going to drive pink, right? Like, and all of that is possible just through a press of a button. And and can you swap? Say, say you you normally drive around the city, so you you have a Yaris or a Tida or whatever it may be. Can you then go? Actually, I'm going to Abu Dhabi next week. Let me swap it for a Prado, so that for the mm. long drive up to yes. Abu Dhabi. And then when I get back again, I'm going to swap back to. A, is, is that possible? In the, as, yes, yeah? yes, that is possible. So the way we do it is that you need to commit to minimum one month to get the price. Right. right, like the best price, yep. right? Like so, um, if you if you have subscribed for one month, mm. then essentially you can just change your car uh, easily. But having said that, let's say that you don't want to commit to a price. Even then, we sort of allow it, but you just have to pay the difference then, right? And that's about it, right? right. So, yeah, so let's say that you rent yours for five days, you return it back to us. Then for the weekend, you want a bigger car. We give you a deliver a Prado, mm. and then and, and that's it, right? Like so, in terms of price difference, you might not get the benefit, but at, at this point in time, I think people would be optimizing for convenience mm. rather than mm. price, right? So we're happy to serve that. Ozair, we've got uh, one here from uh, Tamir who asked, um, who asked Ozair, what is the name of the app, and are there different tiers of subscription, or is it a flat rate? Yeah, so the company is called Swap. And mm -hmm. in terms of subscription, S W A P P, yeah, double P, double P, yeah, yes. And in terms of subscription tiers, there's no subscription tier, right? Like you just subscribe for the car. The longer you commit, the better price you'd get. Okay. And that's the concept, right? Like, yeah. 
and you can you can rent for daily as well if you want but in terms of best prices it's just like the longer your commitment is the better price you would get Hmm. Yeah, I've got another one here from uh, Godly who's just texted in, lease or buy? He said, I would always lease a car which tends to have a high depreciation and buy a car which will retain its value. Um, interesting one there. So, so again, we're talking about how, how you can personalise this. You can, you can ask someone, I want that specific type of car. Um, and, uh, and you can change it with the seasons, of course. Yes. So this is basically offering more flexibility than leasing, right? So leasing, you commit yourself for minimum two years, three years, whatever it is. It's sort of like a short-term lease with, with you having the ability to break the contract whenever you want, right? So let's say that uh, uh, you committed for nine months, but, you know, like three months later, you're like, you know what, I want to... Yeah. Drive something different. That sounds like the perfect yeah. lease. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Well, she, yeah, uh, uh, Tina has also commented, um, I've been renting a car for two years. It's not easy dealing with car hire companies. So many snags. Noel Ebden, you can relate yeah, to that. Um, I don't like submitting documents online unless I've spoken to someone. Is there an option to, to get online to a live operator or is it all done online? So we've got both options. We do have, uh, like, for, from our perspective, we want, like, a seamless experience for customers, right? So you can upload all of your documents online. Mm -hmm. And then we just sort of like do the KYC online as well and no one speaks to you. But if you want to speak to someone, then we do have a call center. Mm -hmm. You can call our call center number, speak to a person, get some comfort, and then basically um, submit submit your documents. Yeah, It cuts out because, Noel, you were Mm. just saying before about you had your issues with car rental companies oh, here. Just, the car rental companies need to wake up. I mean, well, they don't. For, for yeah. you're, you're happy they're not, right? But, yeah. but <laughs> yeah. I mean, hiring a car is just so yeah. difficult. So much paperwork, time, etc. You know, it just takes forever. And so these are the things we're solving for, right? Like once mm. you've submitted your documents with us, right? Like next time you rent, it doesn't mm. make a difference. Like in, in, in terms of for you, right? Like mm. whatever supplier is at that back end, yep. it doesn't make a difference. Yep. Like we've got your documents, we've verified you. Um, yep. You're all done. You don't need yeah. to submit your documents again, right? Like that's, that's right. like a yeah. huge hassle solved. Imtah Shan, are we, are we kind of uh, going again with with your conversation with with Mate before? Are we convinced now that there's no need to actually own a car in the future? Is that is that is that an end goal? You think that that we're heading down? I think for certain use cases, yes. You clearly seem to be one of them, and <laughs> other people who are. I bought, I'm, I'm just, I'm just yeah. still shopping. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, ten years in, you'll figure it out one day. Slowest shopper ever. Yeah. People it's tend to be a bit transient. Again, uh, Noel, you can relate to this as well. People mm. who are in and out of the country quite a bit. So mm. for them, housing, owning, maintaining, insuring a car is a significant thing. For people like me, who's been here, what's this going to be? Forty plus years in the country. I think my car isn't going anywhere, and neither am I. So for me, ownership is a big thing. And I think for those people, but that's a shrinking market. I think everybody hopes that eventually everybody just renting cars and swiping cards, picking up a car and driving off to where they go and just dropping it off where they go, like mm. a train. Actually, yeah. And so looking at McKinsey, right, like we've read a report from McKinsey. They're, they're sort of predicting that um, within the next five years or so, you'd see 20% of people subscribing to cars rather than owning, right? So in terms of like the ownership share, it's going to, it's going to start reducing. And mm. when we look at our data as well, right, when we look at people under 30, right, that's almost 45% of our customers, right now are under 30 years. Mm, amazing mm. stuff. Uh, look, Uzzah Musa, thank you so much for, for joining us, CEO of, uh, of Swap. The, uh, it is the Kareem of car subscription services. Fantastic stuff. And uh, we're going to follow this. And you never know, I might give you a call. Um, <laughs> Not having a car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, before we wrap up, Noel Ebden, you're, you're off while the weather is good. You're going to be out doing a few, a few wheelies, a few skids. What's, what's the story? What are you up to? So I am off, would you believe, to wheelie school. 
Wheelie school. Wheelie school. Right. So the <laughs> <Wow>. two <laughs> the two main things most people who ride motorbikes um, you, you've you've got a bit of um, bit of history with motorbikes, right? The yes. two big things everyone wants to do is one get their knee down. Yep. And two be able to wheelie a bike. These days, right? get your shoulder down. Yeah, well, well <laughs> in, in, if you're a MotoGP rider, yeah, exactly. See if you can get your head on the floor. Um, but the, basically, learning to wheelie is a lot of crashing and ex- and, and, and expense, right? So, yeah. and this uh, is appealing, how? Right, exactly, exactly. It's not. So most people don't learn. But the, these guys have got. Well, to be fair, the technology's been around for a while. But basically, there's a bike strapped to. A kind of triangle on the floor. Like okay. training wheels. And so so yeah. basically, yeah, exactly, training wheels. So the bike can't fall side to side, so you immediately remove that. And you, if you go too far with the wheelie, it hits a bump stop behind the bike, so you can't flip the bike. Right. So you can learn to wheelie in complete safety. Amazing. Right. Wow. So, and you, so this is a this is a school that's set up now permanently in yes. Bo, or it's visiting. So there is there, there's been schools all over Europe mm. been doing this for a while, but it's now been set up in. Dubai. There is a now a uh, an actual school here. You can just sign up, pay your money, turn up, and learn to wheelie a motorbike. Do you need a motorcycle license, or is it? Uh... Good question. I will find out, and on the next show, I will report back. But uh, if you want to check them out, they're um, they're on wheelies, wheelies, wheelie and stunts underscore dxb on Instagram. There you go. Wheelie Fantastic. and stunts, yeah, underscore dxb. So I'm going down there. I'm going to check it out, and I'm going to report back on. How many times I fall off, or Amazing. not fall off, as the case may be. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see how we go. So, And I imagine in the chain after doing, what was it, 6,000 kilometres or something out but there? Nine and a half thousand. Nine and a half thousand driving to Saudi and Arabia and back. Are you tired of driving now? Are you, are you going to hang the car keys up for a few weeks? Or oh, no got the bug? chance. No chance. Never stop. Never, ever stop. I mean, nine and a half thousand kilometres, people have asked me, like, you must be just sick of driving. You just want to stop. I'm like, no. I was off in Umul Kuwain yesterday exploring. And we need to talk about that Saudi trip and why I went, which is the one thing I haven't quite revealed yet. We definitely will. Yeah, we need to have that story because I think it's an exclusive to us, I think. I've loved Mm. following your Instagram feeds while you're away. And if you want to get an idea, you want to get the adventure bug of driving to Saudi follow in the Shanjado on Instagram. Mm. Um, Words you never thought you'd hear. Right? Adventures <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we'll do, it, we'll do a shot of me wheeling past you in Saudi. Exactly. <laughs> How about that? Exactly. Well, there you yeah. go. Well, that's about all we've got time for for this show. Thanks so much again at the Shanjado. Thanks, Noel Ebden. Thanks, Naz Chowdhury, who's in earlier. And uh, thank you, Oswald, for, uh, for for joining us and talking about uh, Swap. Um, and that's about it for Motomania this week. And uh, do join us for more Motomania next weekend. We've got a whole lot more coming up during the course of this week. And uh, we'll see you then. Bye for now.